Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Shay, I did something wrong. (laughs) It's broken. I hit the button to record and it went away. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay, this is episode 28. Mm-hmm. Let's talk appraisals. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to talk about appraisals. <laughs> I, Alyssa, have my dad here. And he is a residential real estate appraiser. Mm-hmm. Why don't you really quickly introduce yourself and tell us how you came to be an appraiser? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Johnny Alfin, and I've been an appraiser since about 1980, 1978, 1980, over 40 years now. Wow. How old were you when you started? Uh, I was just finishing college, so I was probably... 21, 22, okay. when I started just getting started and looking into doing appraisals. And uh, you what, went to college. Yes, I went to college. Um, there was one course in college. It was an appraisal course. And Clifford Drawon, which is an, one of the masters of appraisers back in the day, he taught the course. And I fell in love with the concept of doing an appraisal. We actually got to appraise a small apartment building near LSU and we appraised an old house, an older house. Mm -hmm. And we actually got to go out there and gather the data, look at the properties, do an apartment complex and a house. And I just love the way everything just mesh, especially on the income side on an apartment complex, looking at the rents and then you look at the sales of other apartment complex and you do a cost approach and how all those numbers came together and supported each other. And Hmm. then, then we got to go look at an old house near LSU. It was actually on LSU Avenue. And going through one of those old houses, which just, I love the old houses. Yeah. Love, you know, mm-hmm. the old pier and beam, all the craftsmen, you know, the work that they did back in the 30s and 40s, basically without power tools. Yeah. And the, and the, and the trim and the craftsmanship in those old houses. Then today, that's what makes them so popular. But right. anyway, that's my only course that LSU offered. I took it and just really liked it. Now, coincidentally, my dad who was just coming out of the service in, you know, 1955-ish, I guess, which was about the year I was born. He came out of service, married, baby on the way, had no job. You know, he didn't have any plans at that point. He got his realtor's license back then, and he was trying to sell real estate. His his father was a realtor. Wow. That's why we're, she's fourth. Fifth, wow. Fourth or fifth generation. It's in her blood. In my it blood. Mm-hmm. So with that, he tried to sell real estate, trying to, you know, wasn't real successful just back in the day. It was just a whole different world. Yeah. So he got contacted by the VA back coming out, being a veteran, and they were needing appraisers to appraise properties for loan right. mortgages. So they contacted him, said, you know, we need appraisers. Can you do that? And he said, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I can do anything can you'll do pay it. me to do. And they said, okay. And they actually assigned him. He was the first VA appraiser on their panel. His, his, oh his, his, appraiser, wow. his appraiser number is 001. Stop. I'm, wow. o, I'm 097. So okay. there's been 97 appraisers added to the panel. Now, this is just the Southeast right, the region, right. the Houston mm-hmm. region. Yeah. Okay. But he is, he is appraiser number 001. That he, is so cool. So he started... He would just go out and look at a house, and then I don't know how he did. They didn't have an MLS back then. <laughs> he would look at. He would go to the courthouse and pull sales data out of the courthouse. It was a one-page handwritten form. Oh, right. That you wrote the little description of the property, put some sales in there, and came up with a number. That's and fascinating. That, that's, that's anyway. So he, that's what he did, and then I came along. My sister came along, and uh, as I finished in college, he was. By then, he had had an insurance. He was in the insurance business as well as did appraisals. 
still doing VA work. He did also a lot of work for the uh, DOTD on right-of-way acquisition work. And um, after I got out of college and said, you know, I kind of like this appraisal stuff. He said, no, you don't want to be an appraiser. I want you to be, you know, you need to be in a lawyer. I said, no. I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I said, there are too many lawyers out there. There's not many appraisers. I really enjoyed the appraisal work that I did in that class. And I kind of want to do that. And so I kind of started the same thing. Back then, they didn't have regulations. They didn't have licensing. Right. You just, I are an appraiser. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I actually went out and did appraisals on houses. I'd call friends. I'd say, can I come appraise your house? And I'd go measure it. I would put together reports. And then I would contact clients and say, look, I want to get on your your panel. Bank. Right, and sure. And I would send them samples of my work. Mm-hmm. And then um, I started taking all the appraisal courses at the appraisal institute offered at the time you know they were like two weeks you went away for like two weeks wow and took courses pretty intensive you know just the basic principles i did that for about three or four months taking appraisal courses and just kind of started doing work for banks so you had to like hustle to get on certain banks lists yes that was always a challenge you had to be approved by the lender you also had to be approved by fannie mae you had to Mm -hmm. send all your credentials to fannie mae once you start Hmm. doing appraisals and they would get they would they would basically get you a fannie mae number and you Mm -hmm. were an approved fannie mae appraiser same with fha same with va you have your fha approval and your va approval so i was approved by all the major you know that Fannie Mae, FHA. and those are banks that you're you've been with. Uh, yeah, they've for changed years. hands over the years. Right. Um, you know, some come and go, but um, there's somebody always comes along and takes their place. Was that something that like a wine and dine situation? Like you had to market um, to them. Like how did you? We brought them popcorn at Christmas. We did. <laughs> I, 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 I bribed them with popcorn every Christmas. I'd, I'd like. I think she told you that story once before on one of our podcasts. We would load up the kids and I'd get these it. big old tins of popcorn, mm-hmm. like 30 of them. You were doing Popeye's. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> and we would ride around and just drop them off and they, they loved it. But yeah, back then the banks got to choose their own appraiser. Who, right. The realtors pretty much got to choose yeah. their own appraiser. So they you would, say, would market to realtors yeah, as well. Yeah, I went to a lot of realtor lunches back in the yeah. day and that kind of... You don't need to anymore. I can't even talk to the can't, realtors. Just leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Just Which stay away. really works best for us. <laughs> I can remember sitting in his office with a glue stick and I would... Because he would have to take his comp pictures on a camera with film, right? Get the film developed, glue the to pictures onto the, onto the paper. I love it. We had, and we would just yeah. glue them. We have okay. to make everything in triplicate. So That's it was so every appraisal right. was typed on a typewriter oh, with carbon paper, oh, and we word. had to stick the pictures on the on the appraisal. But back then you had three pictures: you had a front, a rear, and a street scene. Now you have. They want pictures of all your comparables. They want interior pictures. Right. We have usually have about 30 pictures in every report. Per now. report. Yeah. Okay, real quick before we move on. Did we even discuss that you are Alyssa's dad? Uh, did she I did say, say that? that. Yes. Yeah, I think you did. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. um, tell us, before we ask you all these hard-hitting appraiser questions, okay. <laughs> tell us a little bit about Alyssa as a kid. Oh, man. <laughs> People are going to like that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, sell her yeah. out. <laughs> well, Alyssa was always very motivated to make an impression. Uh-huh. She always wanted to her, she wanted to be recognized for the things she did. Uh, she was always coming up with ideas of how to get things done. Uh-huh. Quick example, she wanted a dog one day. She wanted a <laughs> what was it? A, a greyhound. greyhound. A greyhound. <laughs> I wanted to rescue a greyhound <laughs> that had been retired. Oh, from the races. Yeah. Right. Okay. So she puts together back in the day didn't have PowerPoints, but she put together oh one of those, my. you know those Big cardboard, foldable yeah, fold. yeah. and she made pictures of greyhounds yes. being rescued and oh. how good a pet. And she did all and this. And what res- happens if you don't rescue them? Yeah. And uh, oh. they were put- did you get a greyhound? Well, we got a we we no yeah. greyhound. <laughs> we uh, it didn't I don't work. know why either. <laughs> well, the report didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't. Uh, we work. didn't get a dog eventually, but it yeah. wasn't a greyhound. But, oh, that's uh, so, so great. She was, you know, she was a she could <laughs> present things like that and. It was very impressive to think. That's not a good example because I lost. Well, no, that's you don't a great win example. Everything. Look, but I'm sure you're not. You surprised. don't get every listing, right? <laughs> right, right, that's, right. That's true. <laughs> you can't get them all. But, uh, but surely you're not surprised by how successful oh, she is. Oh, absolutely not. I knew she was always like that's inborn. Do, yeah, I always knew she was going to do well. She always was a super achiever in school. Yeah, and always wanted to achieve. That's so cool. She wanted it. So. Very good. We well, when I was in college, that's when my grandfather passed away. 
And he was getting swamped with all the VA work. And I was like, don't worry, I'll get my realist, I'll get my appraiser's license and help you. Right. Well, I went to go get it and you can't just go get it. <laughs> yeah. like, not anymore. Not no. anymore. And I was in undergrad. So I could, you had to have a college degree. Right. And so I couldn't become an appraiser. So I was like, I'll just get my real estate license to have access to MLS yeah, and, and I'll could, help you. Yeah. And then I'll be honest, like, and he knows there was a point where I was like, am I supposed to take over off an agency? Like <laughs> this was his dad's and it was like his, your dad's right? mom's. Um, no, just some of my, it? no, it wasn't my dad. No, no, no it was just my, just your dad, my grandfather started. It, it actually started in 1928. Wow. It was when off an agency started by my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. And then my dad. And then me. Right. Okay. You're like, is so, this my path? Uh, right. Yeah. Like, am I supposed to do this? I was kind of feeling the pressure, but I'll tell you, like, it's not my thing. <laughs> Appraising <laughs> is not where it's at. And me and my dad have a great relationship. But, like, when it comes to, like, measuring houses and being tedious in the details, and he's like, Alyssa, you can't estimate. You can't, <laughs> you can't guess. And But I just felt, like, pressure. Like, maybe I should want this because my two sisters became nurses, so they're not interested in real estate. Right. But then I started doing well on the sales side. And I was like, I think I'm just supposed to be a realtor. Right. And then my middle sister, who is like so meticulous and sweet and attention to details. And she's very soft-spoken. And she just came to me one day. She had been a nurse. And she said, you know, Alyssa, I work three twelves a week. And that's full-time as a nurse. Right. I really enjoy like the appraisal side of things, but I don't want to step on your toes if that's like you and dad's oh, thing. Okay. And I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, are you going to do this? Yeah. So now she is working with yeah, him. She's in her third year as a, as a appraisal trainee. Yeah. Wow. So year three as a trainee. Okay. As a trainee, so let's talk yes. about that a little Please. bit. Okay. Like barriers to entry, because to be a realtor, you could be a realtor in two weeks if you really well, wanted to. I have always said that realtors should function more like appraisers in that they should have to shadow someone and be an apprentice. I'm right. very annoyed that we do not have that in anybody. This goes really well with the um, episode about how to get started. I wish that you were forced to follow someone, but yeah. you're not. You really can do whatever you want, but you tell us what appraisers have to do these okay, days. Okay. Well, first of all, you have to become a trainee. Even that's not the easiest thing. Uh, I was looking, I've got some papers here that kind oh, of describe it. Yeah. Find those papers. No, just looking at it. Uh, to become an appraiser trainee, you have to have 75 hours of train of education courses that okay. are offered by the appraisal foundation board or whoever uh some so that's you could do that online you can or, do that online or okay. in classes and then you have to um take 30 hours of uh, other courses involving the USPAP, which is the standards of appraisal okay uniform standards of professional appraisal practice uh then once you become a trainee then you have to Actually, go to work for another appraiser. That's right. about the only way you can possibly get and the experience. And things get sticky here. Yeah, it gets because sticky. You're because you're basically training your competition. Yes, you're training your competition. And sometimes they re want to be paid for it, too. Uh, yeah, they typically, because three you have to do... The trainee, it, it takes three years as a trainee. Right. And, and they, they yes. want to be paid. That's fair, right. I think. Well, three years again, is a long time to go without being paid. It is, but, you know, as an appraiser... I'm sitting here, I'm taking my time to train right. them, which is taking me longer to get things done. And you can't, it's hard to pay somebody because they're not yeah. really contributing anything to your income. Yes. They're basically taking, uh, from. taking from your time. And then when they're done, they go, they go and get, get a piece of your business. <laughs> they, take your client, they take your clients and say, thank you, we're gone. <laughs> this but, system may be flawed. Yeah. Uh, but no, and, and the reason why I've never had a trainee in all my years is because I've always been a one-man shop. Yeah, right. And I always like working by myself yeah. in my office, um, not having to supervise somebody. Yeah. Uh, it, it just is, and if I had appraisal, a big, there's some appraisers out there that have eight or 10 appraisers. Right, in like their a bigger shop, firm. And they can bring in a trainee and have somebody kind of. Well, because they, they could potentially keep them. Right. And they can keep them on their staff. Right. Like that, which, you know, it just doesn't happen when you're. That's a, not your business model. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I'm just a one man shop. Yeah. I've been that way. People say, you know, back in the day when I was working, when we talked about, I saw your question, what is hustle? Talking about hustling back in the day, we were working literally 18 hour days, yeah. six to seven days a week. Because I had to, because 
That, the business do, was good. The business was good yeah. and had a lot of expenses, but more expensive back then than we do now. Had oh. Three, had three kids in private school. Well, so. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, Gotta um, make the money. And um, so if there's just no way to, you can bring a trainee along yeah. and do that kind of thing. So in that three years that they're a trainee, they have to document? They have to have, uh, first of all, again, you have to have a college degree. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have 200 hours of of a core curriculum courses that the appraisal foundation board offers or that, that in are, addition that are to the 75 right. in these are after the you got 30. your 75 right. okay like, so now you're a trainee you, you have, have, 200. have 200 hours of courses mm -hmm. to take and you have to have um what is it 1500 hours of appraisal experience whoa which is just and the way to document that is like, for example, Lacey, my daughter, is working with me as a trainee, and we go out and look at a house together. Mm -hmm. She helps me measure it. I let her kind of do her thing. I kind of do my thing. We mm -hmm. kind of compare notes at the end. And she gets, for every appraisal that she's able to help me with, she gets so many hours right, credit for that. And she keeps a record of those. And so, you have to write like the address, what type of loan it was. Was it a refinance? What mm -hmm. bank? What you did at that house and how right. many hours it how took How many you. hours for that particular? I you mean, have to document everything. It's pretty and, serious. Yeah, yeah so, it's very serious. And um, you have to, you know, some people it takes some. Luckily, I have a tremendous amount of volume to where she's getting a lot of experience. Yeah, quickly. But in some appraisers that work in like the rural areas that yeah. don't have that much, it's hard to get. Yeah, the experience. Um, That's and, a, it, would, it would take more than three years yeah. to get oh, that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 1,500 hours, you know, if you look at that, that's almost like 1,500 appraisals. That's 500 a year, mm -hmm. which. Right. Mm, well, it's a, a lot. Of, that's a lot of appraisals. Whoa. Um, so. That's a lot of appraisals. Yeah. So that's, and then after you do that, you have to take an exam. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you get, do that, you're, you're done. Now, when I, when appraiser licensing first came out, when I was taking it, which was in 1989, I believe. Mm-hmm. Basically, all I had to do was take a test well, because I, I had the, I submitted my, I had all the hours already, you know, I'd right. been appraising already for 20 years. Yeah. Oh, I see. So I, I didn't have the, to do anything but take Because it didn't really exist. Right. In that so, fashion. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have to, do, you know, I did, I had to document, I had to give them my client list, reference, I had to give them sample yeah, appraisals. Yeah, you'd already been practicing. But mm -hmm. uh, so back then it was very easy. You just had to well, take yeah. the exam. Do you think they will, I mean, this is kind of speculation, but the college degree part of that, I mean, do you find that's important to you? Uh, well, it says a college degree in any curriculum. So, right, I mean, you right. can get, you know, right. you get, as long as you have a... Right, that's sort of my point. Yeah, why a, does your yeah. degree in English or make you right. a good appraiser? So, if you get your <laughs> bachelor's degree in arts and sciences, I don't know if that's going to make you a good appraiser, but right. I guess it's, uh, I think that's something that they're probably going to loosen up on because... Yeah. There are not many appraisers applying right now. Oh. There's been a lot of change in the industry. The industry. Now, there were a lot when it first came out. In fact, there's probably, I, I don't know the number now, but I've seen, like, my appraiser number, my license number is number 53. Uh -huh. I was the 53rd appraiser right. to be certified, to be licensed. Wow. There, I've seen numbers as high as 1,500, 1,600, you know, so there's a and lot. And that's of, in this region? That's or? in Louisiana. And just in Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. Probably in Baton Rouge, I saw, I did a list the other day. I think I saw, like. 150 names. Of a, That's a lot. Yeah, but a lot of... We, we, we could probably name eight. Right. We, yeah, same but we see the I, same I ones. We see the same ones. I looked at all of them on the list, and uh -huh. I could probably only recognize maybe 20. Okay. And some of the... Lacey was on that list as a trainee. So it's uh, anybody that has anybody. Any type, yeah, yeah. So And okay. it's, some of them were commercial people, but a lot of people... I don't even you know. Like, I'm a yeah. licensed realtor right. for 40 years. Right. I've never even had a listing. Right. Still oh. waiting to get that first listing. I can't, I can't wait to hear what happens. I can't wait. Yeah. I take them all now. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's and not fair. Yeah, she's costing me some money now, too. Yeah, yeah, because if he gets a appraisal request and I'm the listing or the buyer's agent, he has to decline it. Well, I would say that's a conflict. <laughs> conflict. But good news, you're not on my bad list. What? Because it's pretty long. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll get to that, but uh, how yeah. do you? How do you feel about that? Appraisers aren't exactly beloved in the industry. <laughs> yeah, well, we there, there's some that are less liked than others. Oh, um, true story. But uh, there's also some that will go the extra mile to, yeah. to help the realtors. And I feel like I'm one of those guys. You I know, think that's good. I will call a realtor if I'm um, looking at a property and I'll, I'll ask them. You know, I think that some of the questions y'all are going to ask is, are there any comparables that you want me to look at yeah. in your neighborhood? Not right. that I can use them, not that it's going to affect my value, but I don't want to miss anything yeah. that maybe you have that, because I never turn down information. That's so, good. Uh, you know, if you, it, 
realtor will meet me out at the house sometimes and say, I brought a list of comparables. I said, well, that's great. I, you know, I'm going to, you know, I can't say I will use them. Right. But, I don't, I don't but you're to, allowed to use them if yes, they work. Yes. They may yeah. have already been to, ones I that you I don't go pulled. into any discussion about value. I don't go to any discussion. Yeah, I'll use these comparables. Yeah. I just take them. I say, thank you. Right. I, I said, I will give them consideration. I think and that's, that's good. that's as far as I can go. Yeah. Because I can't discuss the value with the realtor. I can't right. discuss it with the homeowner. Right. You know, you're just not allowed to do that. It's, yeah. It's part of the process. So. But I do. I never turn down information that somebody offers. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think that was the first question from a listener. Do you appreciate taking into consideration the comps a listing agent provides? Yes, so you absolutely. Do. I do. I take into account. Do you think that's common practice in your industry? Uh, or maybe? Some people will tell you. I mean, I, I can't speak for all yeah. the other appraisers, but in your experience, have you, have you, have you, they, you say I've got some comps. You don't feel like. Uh, I don't oh, want, thanks. I don't, yeah, yeah. Say, I've never had someone say, say no. Yeah, nobody. They're not. Gonna, I've just had them say thanks for the information. Yeah, they're not going to. So it's it nice if it's like nicely left on the counter or handed to you, and then we leave you alone. But it's not good to just follow you. Oh no! Please don't. Please don't <laughs> okay, follow so us around. Okay, but so some agents do come to the appraisal. Yes. And then like harass you? No, just uh, <laughs> I'd say maybe one out of fifty houses the they, realtor someone shows stayed. up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now a lot of times the homeowner is there. Now the homeowner right. will take you around the house tell you stuff and tell and say, you look stuff, at my like, new toilet this is, yeah, <laughs> this is the bathroom i say okay thank you this way and they're trying to pull me this way oh, right. it, it's a little distracting having the homeowner yeah. there uh-huh i don't mind having them there sitting in the kitchen right but follow me around and just talking to me the whole time it, it is well it's hard enough to measure a house yeah. right and, and you're keep trying it to walk through. some of these houses are really difficult to draw a floor plan when I you're walking imagine. through some of these four or five thousand square foot houses oh that, yeah that are uh and you're trying to document everything you, it's hard to concentrate sometimes when they're right there and yeah you're do you have well speaking of like doing the floor do you use any kind of technology now that obviously you didn't years ago when, your laser my measurer laser pointer i made him that, get on that which i'm yeah. surprised i haven't used yet okay. for years. but uh basically i use the old tape measure yeah uh to do the outside right. walls uh i use a laser whenever it can be used to shoot yeah it's really good for measuring second floors mm-hmm. because you don't really have anything to hook on a yeah tape. so right. you're measuring kind of interior rooms sure. you have to add for wall thickness to get right. So it comes in very handy, and especially when you're trying to shoot an area where you got a lot of yeah. obstacles in the way that you got to shoot over. It, it, it's so he didn't old. trust the laser at first, and so for like ten houses, he would measure it with the laser and, <laughs> and oh, the tape, tape measure. And it turned out, he was, and finally, he was it like, was okay. spot on. It is right. spot on. I recommend. <laughs> I'm so I proud of that laser. It's just one more little thing you got to carry with you because well, I had carry. But I know we've tape. tried the softwares before, where you like draw it on your iPad, and that's it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't I've work. never tried that. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. You can't work. go backwards. Oh. So if you need to go back and edit something, you have to delete. Oh. pretty much everything and and then it deletes the whole thing work. and at the end if it doesn't connect you okay. have a problem yeah. And yeah, yeah. i see so i draw it on a graph paper i measure it and then i get back to my office and i have a program that i that i draw it on the program and it computes the square footages um and puts all my room dimensions and everything in there for right me. So, well that's nice yeah mm-hmm. that's, okay that's been big help All right, Hustle Humbly friends, you asked. You have asked. Big you've news. been asking. <laughs> you've been asking. And so we're going to do it. We are going to sell our email templates. Hooray. Yay. This is big news coming in March. We don't have a date yet, but it is coming in March and you guys are going to love it. And maybe if you're like me, you can fire your assistant. Yeah. <laughs> as quickly as we can get it done and ready for you, you will be able to purchase it. That's right. We've just had a lot of email requests asking yeah. for it. Yeah. There's a little bit of a waiting list. Agree, yes. If you would like to be on the waiting list, you can email us at hustlehumblypodcast yes. at gmail.com. Yes. And you will be notified when it is ready for sale. Love it. But it will be in March. Yes. Okay, anything else? No, that's it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. So we had we had someone say, "What's the best thing a real cr- realtor can do to help you get the value?" Get the value. Get, get the, the value. Uh, well, We're gonna need like you to said, get that value. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that they've been, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine is when they say, "Well, you're gonna have to leave the neighborhood for sales because the sales in the neighborhood don't support the value." <laughs> uh oh. And, and I say, and you're like, red and, flag. And again, red flag. But I say, I don't say I will do that. I won't, I can't do that. I just say. 
I will take that in consideration. Okay. <laughs> that is my standard Is there line. something that a realtor could do uh, to help? List yeah, of but, upgrades? Uh, list, yeah, any list of upgrades they've done, especially if the homeowner's not there and able to just tell you what to, they yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we go by kind of year. What have you done in the past five years? That's, okay. that's the biggest thing. Oh, that's a good tip. Kitchen. So when they say the roof is 15 years new, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So five-year upgrades. Five-year upgrades is the biggest thing, you know, okay. uh, because in the appraisal report, it actually asks you, was the kitchen updated one to five years, oh, it, five to 10 years? It gives you amounts. Ten, it gives you okay. ranges. Mm -hmm. it, same with the bathroom. Oh. Kitchen and bathrooms on the appraisal report, those are the two things that they specifically ask you. They'll the give appraisal. you some value for that. Yeah. And that's good because we're always hard on our sellers with kitchen and bathroom. Well, that's the two biggest Thing. Probably right. the two biggest ticket items that, that help improve the value. That help the value. So there was someone that asked how much value, and this wasn't in your list, so uh-oh, how much value do you give to certain upgrades to adjust comps? But I guess my question too is I always have that seller with the $25,000 patio edition. Right. And I'm like, well, it's just a roof <laughs> yeah, yeah. and <laughs> some concrete. Right, right. I, while I appreciate that was very expensive for you to do, I don't know that an appraiser is going to give right. you that value. Exactly. Uh, and to almost every question that you ask in that regard, the, the answer is going to be, it depends. It depends. It depends on the quality of the addition. It depends on the neighborhood. Right. And it's not, there's no, it's, this is not a. It's not like a rule. Yeah. It's not a rule. You get, you get $2,000 <laughs> for this. You get 10% for that. You look at the neighborhood, you look at um, maybe a sale of a, it, the way we make adjustments is we look at what homes have so far that have this feature mm -hmm. versus homes that don't have the feature. Okay. That's basically how we value a swimming pool. Right. If you have two houses that are side by side mm -hmm. and they say they're very similar in all respects, one has a pool, one doesn't. One house sells for two hundred thousand and one house sells for two ten. Mm -hmm. And the one with two ten has a pool. Right. That pool is worth Ten thousand dollars. Right. That's a simple way of valuing right. that. Pool. And that's like the definition of comparable sale analysis. Right. It's called paired sales analysis. It's called paired, paired sales analysis. That's, okay. what, that's where we get our adjustments from. Okay. Uh, so it all depends on what the has neighborhood. Recently you sold. might see the house with a pool selling for ten thousand less. Right. And that pool has a negative value. Oh, how does that happen? Uh, well, if you're in a it's neighborhood, an old liner. Uh, you're in an old neighborhood that people say, "I don't want that." They pool. don't want it. It's a it's an expense to maintain yeah. a pool. Okay. Uh, so maybe there may you know in a neighborhood where the homes are one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, mm -hmm. you don't want a you don't pool. need a, right. You don't want a pool. Yeah. So okay. a pool can have a negative effect, and again, okay. the type of pool it is, if it's maybe need and prepare or something yeah. Like that. But today, or if it's three, if you find three comps that all have pools. You don't necessarily get and a I've bonus. Seen, I've seen where they've, you know, I look at three comps. Well, these are all very similar homes. Wait, two of them had pools, but they still sold for the same price as the as other the two. One. So yeah. they're telling you the pool has no value. The, the oh, the pool has no value. Yeah. Boy, sellers so, aren't going to want to hear that. No, they aren't. And it, it, we're amazed how many sellers realize that. Mm -hmm. I praise the pool. Walk in there, the pool doesn't have any value, does it? I said, I said it depends. Right, it depends. depends. Okay, <laughs> it depends. I mean, it, would you say that appraising is somewhat subjective? It is very subjective, although I try to stay as objective as I can. Right. Um, because I walk into a house and I see some weird things, colors. <laughs> okay. And I try to go. Well, I'm not going to let that bright orange or that. Paint, right. Well, like you know, paint doesn't affect no, you. Right. It doesn't. It, but um, it is very subjective as far as, put, you know, looking at, there's 10 comparables. I'm going to pick three comparables that go in my report. Surely. Yeah. But I try to pick the most, the three most similar comparables mm -hmm. to my property. So you're going to pick the other ones that had ugly paint. Right. Um, if they're available. Yeah. And yes, those probably sold for less because buyers can't see past the ugly paint. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Uh. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it, and, and having the interior pictures of the comparables is really beneficial because we yeah. can kind of look at how other houses look on the inside when they're, when they were listed. So it is, I do look at all the interior pictures yeah. on my comparables. To see what's Try to compare most similar. the most similar to, mm -hmm. to, to, to the house. I'm okay. I, I could have written a hundred questions for you. Uh -huh. I just want you to know that, but because I'm fascinated one by the whole process mm -hmm. and disenchanted by most of it. Uh, what I was going to say is what, like, would you say that I'm wrong in saying some appraisers are more conservative than others? Or do you find that everyone is an equal level of objective? Um, and I know you can't speak to every appraiser out there, but yeah. I, I just know that when I see some names, I'm like, uh-oh. And when I see other names, I'm like, okay. 
I don't get that end of it because I don't, don't I don't see their work. Right. Um, now, I have to admit there are some appraisers that have a reputation reputation of just, you Killing don't want him. Yeah. yeah, you don't want You don't guy. want him. Uh, he's going to look at every little thing to, mm -hmm. to make the deal sour. Yeah. And, okay. But I've never, I mean... It's been a long time since I've heard that. It's it's yeah. tough because you could have five appraisals done on one property and they may all be different. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. But have, hopefully within a range, yeah, a tight range. Yeah, hopefully they're going to be tight range. And uh, I used to do a lot of relocation work where we had, you had two appraisals done on the same Oh, house. right. And they would, you know. Do they tell you the difference? Um, Typically, they don't. They don't. So they you don't, don't actually know. But, uh, no, but you know, you got to realize if you have another appraiser, you're going to be trying to. Well, right. You're human. Yeah. So. So the, you but, see things differently I mean, sometimes. And again, it comes to measuring a house. I can measure probably a, a house three different times and come up with slightly different yeah. square foot depending on how rounding, tight you're pulling the tape yeah. and rounding. And the more complicated the house is, the mm -hmm. bigger variance you yeah. can have on square footage. Um, I do see a lot of errors in MLS on square footage. Yeah, let's talk sure. about that. So we had someone ask, like, what can realtors do to help the appraisers, what 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 do we do that complicates your job? Yeah, what what do we what do we do? What do we, yeah, help us help you. Um, well, what really helps is is when y'all do a sale in mm -hmm. MLS, be as specific as you can. I know you're trying to sell the house in MLS. I'm trying to really make it fluffy, fluffy. <laughs> right. But and then uh, <laughs> but and then but try to be as realistic as you. And putting in the pictures is great. The interior mm -hmm. pictures really helps. Front, back, you know, seeing all the Especially extra stuff. Especially, he he means to like the ones that we sold that didn't that were before listing. Right. So, oh, sold and before processing. Yes. Yeah, sold, sold before, before processing. processing. Uh, we we see and it looks like a good sale, but there's zero information. Right. So no photos. No so photos. They can't even really no description. No description of what it was. Did it was it updated? Was it? Right. Sometimes they don't even have if it's got a carport or a garage oh, or no. whatever. But so I, you can't use that at all. I really. can I call the agent on that. You do. Yes. And I, and well, I that's say, above and beyond, I bet. Well, that is. Mm -hmm. So I will call you. I said, look, you sold this house. Tell me, but was it, you've already got it sold, so you right. don't got to fluff tell it. Tell me the truth. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. And so, How but, was it? Yeah. And they'll <laughs> just say, well, the facts, it's really man. kind of a dog. It you yeah. know, needed updating. <laughs> right. Now, even though I wouldn't have said that in the listing. <laughs> yeah. But she said, Don't you wish I, descriptions were written <laughs> how it is? Like, that, that would be so great. Dog. We need to do like a funny episode <laughs> on like if it was really the real descriptions. Oh, yeah. I think my. Oh, that's fine. Okay. You're fine. Okay. No, that's so funny. So, that but is funny. But again, realtors helping by, you know, first of all, you know, filling out information on how homes that they've sold. But right. as far as the specific house that we're appraising, again, I'll be happy to look at comparables, anything you have, up a list of upgrades they've done to the house. Um, again, we all we look at all that. Um, you mentioned, too, that y'all have had trouble with the higher-end luxury homes not being recorded properly because of privacy. Yeah, that's a big issue right now, especially there's not a lot of sales of the upper-end homes yeah. right now because there's kind of an oversupply. A way oversupply. Yeah. And we say, oh, we see a house that's sold, and we look on the, and it's $10. I'm going, right. okay. <laughs> for $10. Plus OBC. So mm. I know the people want their privacy, right. but it's, if it, it really, it's... It's a sale that we can't use. Yeah. And it's probably one of the best sales we need because yeah. it's, it's high And enough. it seems long term that would hurt the property value of the luxury market because there's not right. yeah, we're, accurate we're, Yeah, we're comps. not. Yeah, we, we don't have the... And that's probably, a you know, the people didn't want their recorder. They didn't want to see how much they got for their house. So they probably got a lot for us. So it's they probably pro a yeah, very probably good... Yeah, they probably did it's, all right. It's a good comparable. I so, know. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, and it, we've seen kind of a trend of that starting now. Yeah. I've seen probably Ugh. five or six in the last year. And there's not maybe 10 or 12. That days. sell all together. Right, right. Right. So. Oh, I know. Um, that mm. is something if you can stress to your higher end buyers that it's just nobody's really going to care. I mean, yeah. nobody's going to be looking at this other than professionals, appraisers. Right. Yeah. And it's going to stay confidential with mm -hmm. them. You know, we're not going to be putting it on a billboard. or Right. Uh, so just. Yeah. You know. So why do appraisers need a copy of the purchase agreement? It seems like it's a non, it seems like a non-biased opinion would be better. Uh, well, first of all, it's not the appraiser that requires it. It's it's actually USPAP, the um, the people that made the rules on appraising. On lending, and, and I'll give you an example. It says this is this is a USPAP book. It's oh, about wow. a two hundred fifty. Probably want to read it. Says, it says it says when the value opinion to be developed is market value, an appraiser must analyze all agreements of sale, options, and listings of the property 
as of the effective date of the appraisal. So we are required by uh-huh. our regulations to get a copy of the sales contract. Right. It makes sense when you say it that way. <laughs> Again, a sales contract is relevant because it tells you that somebody is willing to pay that for the property. Now, whether that's okay. the market does it, value. Does that or, get some sort of weight in your it report? It doesn't really give weight. It just tells me that somebody is willing to pay that. <laughs> that. So yeah, in effect. That somewhere a buyer and seller agreed on this price. Well, that's, right. that leads into, this is sort of perfect with that. If there were multiple offers on a mm-hmm. property, does that play in? So now multiple you have the purchase agreement. Multiple offers are much more significant than having a single offer. Okay. Because according to the definition of market value, uh-huh. market value simply, in very simple terms, what is the most likely price that property will sell for if exposed on the open market and you have a informed buyer and informed seller? Mm-hmm. Now, if you got three offers say at $300,000 on the same property, one might be a cash offer mm-hmm. and I'm appraising it and I'm seeing, well, my comparables are only looking at 290. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand why you got, and so I say I appraise it for 290. Well, my buyer is going to lose out on the house because mm-hmm. his deal is going to go away. The next buyer is going to step up. He's got a $300,000 offer. His may or may not have appraised. Mm-hmm. His, if it doesn't, his, his offer is going away. So then you got the cash buyer mm-hmm. coming up. He's going to get his deal because he's paying cash. Uh-huh. So the most likely price that property is sell for is $300,000, right. which is the definition of market value. Okay. So that is why the, the multiple offers are very important, but they have to be realistic. I mean, I've had realtors, we have five offers on this house for overpriced. I said, can you send me those? Well, we don't have them in writing. I said, yeah. You know. Like y'all want to see them. We want to see it. Yeah, I want to see it. What they are, and oh. uh, that tells me that. Okay. Because what if you got one for three hundred and two for two fifty? Yeah, right. Multiple so, offers. Right, exactly. Okay. And um, so y'all would actually want to see the documentation. Would, yeah, I would want to see the documentation because, um, and again, there's something I might be missing in that house. And again, it doesn't happen very often, but I will actually call an agent and say, look, there are a couple of houses that are listed in the neighborhood that are less. Mm-hmm. Why are these people paying 300 for this one? Right. And she'll say, well, th- you know, the backyard had this wonderful backyard, mm-hmm. had this thing that I saw, but I didn't really equate to value, yeah. you know, because I'm more of an object- objective numbers guy. But the buyer gave the bu- it value. The, bu- the right. buyer gave value and multiple buyers gave it value. So, right, and right. if that's the case, mm-hmm. then there's probably a reason to try to get that you know, give them value for what sure. they're seeing. So, okay. but it's one offer doesn't always do it. Okay. But multiple offers are very important. So if you do have multiple okay. offers Tell and they're, and, and they're documented and they're above sale price or, you uh-huh. know, I, yeah, I've seen properties sell for more than they're listed for because they were bid it up. They were bid oh, up by multiple a, offers. That's one of them on here and that'll go off of that. Do you ever <clears throat> appraise now i was around before the crash so i got my license in 2005 okay so i remember when they drove by i was like check check you're good yeah. <laughs> roll, roll on everything's fun that house right? is there right exactly. you, you, you want to buy it for 300 <laughs> go on do it right um so i know the difference i know the pendulum like where we've gone right but my question is do you ever currently appraise let's say you look at all the comps and you you find the best ones and you're like dang I mean, this house is worth twenty thousand more than oh, what. Yeah, the, happens. Do you do you put that number on absolutely. the report? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I appraise it for what I think it's worth. What you think it's worth? What I think it's worth, okay. and that happens in a case where you've got a unique house, sure, that uh, maybe been on the market for like a day, right? And they take the first offer, right? And you're in a neighborhood where the typical house sits on the market for three to six months, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's on the market one day, and they've got three offers. Mm-hmm. It was probably underpriced. Yeah. So it's. Kind of, Does the bank ever kick that back to you? Hmm. They are fine. As long as I, I mean, they don't care what my value is as far as in relation to the sale price. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't argue with What that. kind of yeah. things will a bank kick it back? Uh, I have very few appraisals kick back. reason why I've been doing this for so long you that know. I know what they're looking for. Yeah. And if there's something in an appraisal that needs explaining, right. I, write a full, I write a narrative explaining that. Anything I feel that might confuse somebody in an appraisal, yeah. why did he do this? I explain You're it. You're preemptively yeah. Like what kind of things? Like using uh, comps farther away? Yeah, sometimes going back over six months for comparables. Um, and I'll go, well, the bank will send me a thing. If, if you don't make any explanation, they'll say, why are you using comparables over six months old? Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm appraising, say, in your subdivision here, and there aren't there are no comparables within six months. Yeah. 
Um, and there are really no subdivisions that are comparable that are within that are nearby that are nearby. Yeah. So it's and I put it in and I'll explain that and I'll say it's better to go back six months and stay in your neighborhood. Yeah. And use similar sales. Right. With similar location than to try to go to, you know, Country Club Louisiana or go to Santa Maria. Right. To compare it to a, maybe a non-competitive location yeah. simply to get more current sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I put that. So in they the, really kick back mostly on going back longer than six months or going outside. Going distance outside distance area. Or making adjustments for such things as, say, you got a house that doesn't have upgrades. Um, I mean, your your house has upgrades that you're appraising. Two of your comparables have not been upgraded. Mm-hmm. And you make an adjustment for condition or a quality adjustment for those comps. Right. If you don't explain that, they're going to go, why did you do that? Well, this right. house had an updated kitchen, bathroom, had granite here and there. The, the, the other comparables were older homes didn't mm-hmm. have any updating. That happens a lot. So sure. if you give a $25,000 adjustment, they just want to know why. Want to know why. Mm-hmm. And you better be able to explain why. If yeah. it comes down to where'd you get that number from. Right. And that's based on just... Um, again, a paired sales analysis. And mm-hmm. what's really been supporting this is like areas like ever since the flood, mm-hmm. there's been so much data on homes that sold that haven't been updated and homes that sold right. that have been updated. Right. Sherwood Forest is a prime example. You had homes back, you know, before the flood, 30, 40 year old homes that had mm-hmm. Formica countertops vinyl yep. floors, mm-hmm. and those houses didn't flood. Some of them didn't flood. Now, some of them did flood, mm-hmm. and now they have granite. They're counter- renovated. Yeah. They're all, and the homes that didn't flood are selling for 150. The ones that have been updated and are selling for 200,000. So right. it's telling you that so people you know are paying. About, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a, a good basis there to show what upgrades right. are what kind of value upgrades you're bringing to the market. That's interesting. That is yeah. interesting. So if we get an appraisal as a realtor and it's low okay. and we want to dispute it, mm-hmm. what does that look like on y'all's end? Because we don't get to talk to you. Does the bank notify you that we're um, disputing it? And do they do we, do we they give you what we gave them asking for a dispute? Do do, have you done that? I have. Okay. I have too. But I'm not sure what it was like on okay. the back end. <laughs> what happened? What did you do? I went through and provided some comps that weren't used okay. that I thought could, you helped me. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Good we news. went to lunch and I was like, okay, dad, I got a low appraisal. And okay. I feel like I, I do feel like it was wrong. Okay. And we just went through and we um, found the comps that I thought should be used. And I explained why some of the comps that were used shouldn't and noted upgrades that weren't given any value. Mm-hmm. And it was submitted to the appraiser. I, I gave it to the lender. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I guess the lender the gave lender it to the appraiser. should have contacted the appraiser and said you've had a, you know, you know, want a discussion of yeah. Yeah, a dispute, a dispute on your value and they want you to consider these sales. Some appraisers are just going to go, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. going to throw it in the trash and go, I'm not changing anything. Again, I will look at it if I will look at those comparables. I don't, you know, why didn't I use them to begin with? Got to be a reason if they're supporting the value and they're in the neighborhood. Why did, why wouldn't I have right. used them to begin with? And if I feel they are justified, I will be the first one to say, yeah, these comparables, I, I've never, I've never had to do that. I've You've never. never- I've right, never had to change my this value. This is the problem. He's a very good appraiser. <laughs> no, I know. So I have cut sale prices. Right. I have, Out I, of every 10 appraisals on average, how many would you say don't meet value? Or is of, it just... Oh, I'd say out of maybe out of 50, one out of 50. There are appraisers that one in 10 don't and that maybe two in 10 don't. There are yeah. appraisers that every time I get them, it's low. Every time, regardless of the... Ha- like, so it... it mm-hmm. It's why I say some appraisers are conservative and uh-huh. some are well. More, one like, of the questions from our listeners was, "Do you feel that tight regulations are holding values down? That it's keeping the appraiser from being able to give full value?" No, no I don't think regulations have really anything to do with it. Um, the regulations aren't in telling you what you can and cannot do, what right. comparables you can and cannot use. The biggest thing that influences values is supply and demand. I right. mean, if you've got a oversupply of houses and a low demand, you're going to have declining values. You're going to have low values. If you have a shortage of homes and a high demand, you're going to see mm-hmm. higher values. Mm-hmm. So it's not really the regulations. Again, I think it's just, um, it's just this, you know, because the, the regulations don't dictate how you actually how select your appraisers, yeah. uh, right. your comparables, things like that. But in your case, did anything come of it? 
Did it? I think they increased it five thousand dollars, which okay. we were like ten off. Okay. Yeah. So it helped. Some yeah. helped my seller. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. So, but I have disputed before where we got nothing. <clears throat> nothing. Yeah, and I've had I've had people dispute it. Mm -hmm. But I said, you know, you sent me three comparable. I'm appraising a house in Terra. You sent me two comparables in Jefferson Place. Right. I'm right. not going to use it. Right. Doesn't you know, work. Not doesn't the work. Same thing. So, uh, so and, I'll, and I'll put a and I'll write a narrative yeah. back and say I've I've looked at the comparables. I didn't feel that they were. I felt the right. comparables that I used were better comparables and better indicators of value for my for this property and um, mm -hmm. therefore no change in value is indicated what do you think about pre-listing appraisals i personally am not a fan of them but what do you think um it's not a bad idea um it kind of tells you what an appraiser's opinion of the right. value is going to be so if he's saying it's worth three hundred thousand, chances are you're not going to get 350 for it right. you're going to be wasting your time i it. guess it could be used if you need a seller I think if that's to bring unique, the seller back down to earth. Yeah, typically. if it's a unique uh -huh. property yeah, or I don't do many of them. In fact, because my banks keep me so busy. Right. But on the occasion when a realtor does call me, I find it's a very difficult property to price. Right. I, I like maybe hard. a very unique, very house. unique house, and yeah. it's like the house in Broadmoor that somebody was calling about. Mm -hmm. It was a custom, custom built house by a guy that owned a brick company oh right, and right. Had like it was all yeah, arches it's like, and... a, it's like a four hundred thousand dollar house <laughs> in yeah. broadmoor and it really like, sorry and uh yeah it was uh i didn't i said no i'm not gonna appraise <laughs> <laughs> i declined I no thank you uh yeah you just don't need the headache on something like that well what are some of the challenges that you feel are facing the appraisal industry and what changes are occurring right now oh i guess the biggest change um there is a lot of Fannie Mae throws out a lot of stuff that they want you to add to appraisals. They come up with these ideas of new forms, new formats. There's a something going on right now that's really going to have, a, to me, a devastating effect on the appraisal industry if it happens. Is they're wanting to have this process where the appraiser stays in his office, never leaves his office. A third party goes out and does the inspection on the house measures the house and gives you the information and gives you the information and then you do the appraisal based on that for what reason i'm trying to figure that out they're thinking it's going to streamline the appraisal process make things faster oh. uh i just don't understand this is it. being it's pushed a, by the a, government by the fannie mae it's a pilot wow. program that they're hmm. they're pushing right now it's had kick it's had resistance every appraiser i've talked to has said this is insane well how you I mean, can't yeah, you have to I, you see know, it with your own you eyes. You have to see it. You have to see it. And um, I don't know. You know, I hope if it happens, I mean, thank goodness I only have a few more right, years. Right. You're like, I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah, I'm retiring because <laughs> I'm not, yeah. not going to do, do them. I mean, you, you just I, under, I understand you do have the choice when they send you. And how, this is really, how's it going to speed it up? They send you the information. I understand you have the choice to accept that or go out and look at it yourself. Oh, oh my gosh. So, so they've just hired an yeah, inspector. But, but they then, paid an are they, inspector. I was going to say, who pays for that? The buyer? I the buyer does. That's yeah. no good. Yeah. yeah. So when they're, they're going to cut the appraisal fee because the appraiser's mm -hmm. not going to, well, you didn't do the inspection. Well, you didn't so, have to go out there. Yeah, so you cut your fee in half and get half to the inspector. Mm. Uh, but I would absolutely lose my mind if I couldn't get out of the office and go and look at houses. Yeah. Well, that's not what you signed up for. <laughs> that's right. So well, kind of ending on that note. Yes. Like, you are your own boss. Uh -huh. And I was telling Katie, like, I can remember growing up, you know, mom is corporate America, always right. had a corporate job. Yeah, eight nine to five, Eight or, to yeah. five. Yeah. I can remember her heels clicking <clears throat> while we were eating dinner. She's walking in the door. Right. You were the one that was at the field trips mostly right. mm -hmm. and could come to stuff because if you needed to work from 5 a.m. till 7 a.m. or, you exactly. know, yeah. 8 p.m. till midnight, you could, whereas right. mom has to be at work. Right. But yeah. what do you think? I mean, you grew up three girls. Mm -hmm. You could, I mean, what did hustle look like when all three of us were in private school and mm -hmm. you could, had to make it work? Well, again... You hustle, you work basically as hard as you have to when you need to. I mean, right. you know, and I needed to a lot back then. Mm -hmm. but, you know, we had a lot of expenses in the private schools. But um, again, I was able, you know, say, well, you're your own boss, so you can do whatever you want to do. I said, well, I can to a point. Right. I still have to get appraisals back to my clients in a timely fashion. Yeah. When I get an appraisal order, they give me a due date. Uh -huh. They need it back on this day. And if you don't get it back on that day, 
over and over again, you're going to not be on their mm-hmm. listing. Right. I, I will get fired. So I do have a boss. I don't want to get fired. I do have a boss. I mean, yeah, the, my, the my clients are my boss. They can kick you yeah. off if you decline uh, too but many. But I can, like I say, I can get up at five. And many a time I would get up at five in the morning, work till nine, go on a three-hour field trip, yeah. come back home, work till midnight again. You know, it's, so you have your own hours. Right. And um, so that's so why you I never at, had any trouble self-motivating yourself to to work uh sometimes it was really tough <laughs> you know getting up and staying up the, going. You know, yeah going yeah. to work at five o'clock in the morning and saying i and i, I actually moved my office home mm-hmm. to make it because i was just paying rent out of an office that i really wasn't using that much because i was doing a lot of stuff at home yeah. at night late at night i said why am i so i moved my office home they said how can you do that i mean it seemed like you would just never you would just hang out and watch tv and yeah. you know and play i said no i said but there are times when I just say, I just don't want to go in there. You know, yeah. I've been there for 12 hours. I go have dinner. Right. I just don't want to go don't back in there back. for three more hours. I don't want to go back. And I did it a long time. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I pretty do much. Do you keep it your business consistent now? I'm you, much more consistent. So you can turn them away. I, I'm, I'm, I ne- back in the day, I never turned down on a So person. your hours are a little bit more fixed A little now. more fixed, a little more flexible. Um, I don't do the volume of work yeah. I did back then. Of course, fees are higher, so that's good. Right. But I still do enough to where. And you don't go I, super far away anymore unless no, you have yeah, to. I, I, You're like in a little bubble. I gave yeah. up some of my long distance. I used to go to St. Francisville all the time. Oh, right. It's a hard market. I used to go to Donaldsonville. I used to go to areas that are very hard to appraise Difficult. in. Because a lot of times when you go to other areas like that, you have to go visit other appraisers to get help. Oh, wow. And they really don't like you coming in their territory. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So I come in, They're I, like, what are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, I, I need some comparables. Uh, no. Why didn't they hire me to do it? Right. I say, well, you know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, most of them have always been very helpful. But um, it just, there's enough work. I do. I cover four parishes. I cover East Baton Rouge, West Baton Rouge, Livingston, and Ascension. Mm-hmm. And Good. all those, that's within a 15-mile radius. So it's, You, you have know, plenty of work that way. Plenty of work. Plenty Perfect. Of, yeah. Well, anything else? No, but like I said, maybe there'll be a part two one day. Yeah, we, <laughs> I'm full of questions. For I know. We could talk about this all day. Okay. I think that's it. You have a toast, right? I do have a toast. Okay, let's hear it. Who would you like to toast to? This is, um, I actually say, can we toast to somebody that's still not with us? Yeah. Said, yeah. <laughs> that's and I would that's have what to I heard. Say, this will know, be our first one. I would have to say that my dad, uh-huh. uh, who, was, who got me in this business, wasn't for him. Alyssa and I would not be here in the real estate business, right. probably. And he was always he always guided me in the right direction and motiv- motivated me to 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 get things done. Love he was it. always behind me, getting the coursework done. Yeah. Get, you know, you need to do this. When he when he found out I wasn't going to be a lawyer, he was okay. We're going the appraisal route. This is what you need to do. But anyway, I wanted to toast to him. Okay, what is his what, name what is, is John Gra- Often. John. Okay, what did what is Grandpa name? Papa. Papa. So I'd like. Okay. To- all right well cheers cheers, cheers to pawpaw yes love it <laughs> okay. awesome that's it that's it you We're did good. it wow. all done hooray thank you so much for tuning in to the hustle humbly podcast let us know who we should toast to for the next episode be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at hustle humbly podcast if you have an episode topic or question please email us at hustle humbly podcast at gmail.com be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review see you next week bye <laughs> This is the good life.